Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. I'd like to read a verse from Matthew chapter 21, verse 9, which says, And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means save now. This verse declares that the multitudes and the people in the street were acknowledging that the Lord Jesus, as he rode on a donkey into, into Jerusalem that day on Palm Sunday, that he was the king, that he was the Messiah even. But it was only a secular belief. They didn't believe it in their own hearts. It wasn't a spiritual decision. And so just a few days later, the, the same crowd is going to cry, crucify him, crucify him. The Lord Jesus is going to bear our sins on his own body as he hung on the tree, as he took our place. What a great God and Savior who suffered so much and died in our place. What a great week that we can celebrate him and think about the love that he has for each one of us and the care that he has in each one of our lives, that he would go to the place that he would die for our sins so that we could be redeemed by his own precious blood. It's a radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Naveen Tegaraj. He's the son of Raja and Tara Tegaraj, who are longtime missionaries with Global Outreach and have served for over 30 years with us. They're now with the Lord, and now their son, Naveen, is taking over the ministry. Naveen, why don't you tell us about your life being a missionary kid? In my teen years, I actually started playing guitar and stuff. Uh, like that so I would uh, help them with the music in later years when I was showing the Lord I, I did a little bit of counseling and stuff like that what to say I, I did a hibernation from the Lord for a couple of years then got into a couple of messes and the Lord drew me back God got me out of 
certain situations which uh, I was really doing badly, both in college and personally. And uh, that's where I committed myself to serve the Lord. Yeah, that's about my life with my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> Soon after ma mom died uh, and when dad died, uh, people would come over to me and say, we received Jesus through your parents. I still remember we had uh, teams coming over from Canada and the U.S. and we'd have these great music meetings. And at that time, it was a novelty in India because there was not much um, music bands coming to India. And we'd have uh, audiences packed to say even 5,000 people. Wow. <laughs> That's really great. Well, praise the Lord, and I'm glad you had uh, a great mm. impact mm. on that. And then you went to, um, to Bible college? Yes. Uh, one of the things that happened was uh, during the years I didn't follow the Lord, I flunked in a good number of my papers in, uh, in my bachelor's course. And when I came to the final year, I was staring at a whole bunch of papers which I couldn't, couldn't have finished in one year. And at that time, I made a deal with the Lord. I said, Lord, uh, if, if you help me out in this, I would give my life to you. And I knew that. I knew that uh, God's grace was not upon me at that time. And I knew what it was to have God's grace upon me before, this, uh, before I got into college. And so the Lord helped me. I still remember, you know, I was given provisional admission in Bible college. And they said, if I, if I passed all my papers in uh, my bachelor's, I could join Bible college. And I still remember the day when uh, my father called me and told me that um, you know I had passed all my bachelor's papers and uh, it was I was just rejoicing <laughs> because I knew it was what God did and not what I did <laughs> when I was in Bible school I saw this girl from a region of the country I never knew existed so to start with well, I didn't pursue it but later Somehow, God had it that we both served in the campus Sunday school. Over that time, God showed us that, you know, we were really meant for each other. And two years after we finished Bible college, we got married. How many children do you have now? I have three children now. My eldest son, he is doing his second, year's, second year in math. And I have a daughter who's in 11th grade and another son who's in 9th grade. Wow. Well, tell us about your, uh, your ministry. Maybe I, I should start with a, a little about the philosophy uh, behind the ministry we do. The philosophy really comes from the life of Elijah. Uh, Elijah in his time was not able to turn the house of Ahab to God, but he discipled four people. He discipled Elisha, Micah, Jonah, and Obadiah. Micah later discipled Isaiah. And though during the time of Elijah, the nation of Israel didn't turn to God, through these later men, uh, we see what a great impact it has, ha it, it has had on our faith and our understanding of God. Mm. Naveen, could we just uh, break in? Um, 
We'll continue this uh, discussion next week about how your philosophy hmm. of ministry is and how God has, has uh, guided and used you hmm. in a mighty way. And uh, we're so thankful to hear about your, your story and how, how uh, your faith walk Mm. Uh, brought you back to the Lord and, and into a wonderful ministry that God's entrusted to you. And we'll talk more about that next week. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour, produced by Mission Go and uh, supported with your prayers and financial gifts over the years. This is the oldest Christian broadcast in North America, and we are trusting the Lord that he will continue to help us through this difficult time that we find ourselves in. And we're asking many to pray for us. This month, we're offering a wonderful booklet entitled Palm Sunday to Easter. And this booklet is really phenomenal. First of all, it has a picture of Jerusalem during the time of Jesus. It describes every place that Jesus went the last week of his life. It also has descriptions of things that happened at each site and is a wonderful historical reference and really helps with uh, Bible study. It also has the uh, hours that Jesus spent on the cross and it has all the scriptures and pertain to each hour of the time that Jesus was on the cross. And then what's really nice about it, it has all the prophecies that were fulfilled by Jesus' death on the cross. And it has the Old Testament prophecy as well as the New Testament fulfillment. It also has some archeological discoveries that prove the characters like Pontius Pilate and Caiaphas' uh, family tomb and other evidences that this event actually happened. And so it's a great confidence builder for our faith to have all these truths in front of you at one time. So I highly recommend this booklet and I ask that you would write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York. Thank you so much.
Today's message is from Reverend Art Larson. Printed copies are available upon request. When was the last time you tasted a luscious red strawberry or munched on a cold slice of melon? Just one mouth-watering bite and you enjoyed a little of God's goodness. But have you ever tasted his love? The evidence of God's love is all around you. The beauty of a sunset, the kindness of a friend, the very breath you breathe, all are expressions of love from your creator to you every day. And despite what some people say in this godless unbelieving world today, a society that is centered on man. Despite what they say, God didn't just wind up the universe and leave it to slowly unwind. Oh, he is very much alive today, drawing us back by his love to himself. And his love is so great that it can bridge the gap that separates us from him. Let me read to you now from Romans chapter 5. Beautiful, beautiful portion of scripture. The whole chapter is just chucked full of wondrous truth. Listen as I begin in verse 6. For when we, that's us, poor lost sinners, when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. That's good news. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Down in verse 15, speaking of uh, our sin, it says, Not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, that is Adam, many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto men. Yes, by one man sin entered into the world, verse 12, and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. But Jesus came, paid the penalty for our sin on the cross, and expressing by his life and by his death that God loves us. He loves you and loves me. Christ died for us. That's love. And the love shown in Jesus' death for us sinners is the love we all need more than any other love. You've heard the song, what the world needs now is love, just love. But most of that is sensuous, selfish love. Ah, but God's love, agape love is God giving himself in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus, for you and for me. And I want to talk to you about that today. Imagine with me that faithful day so long ago when Jesus Christ, the innocent son of God, was sentenced to death on the cross, along with the most vile of common criminals. Picture the scene as he struggled under the weight of that wooden cross, was brutally and mercilessly beaten, had a crown of thorns placed on his head, and had nails thrust into the palms of his hands and feet. Picture the face of our Lord Jesus as he was mocked, stabbed in the side, and tortured in the most painful and hideous of ways. Writer Isaiah says his visage was marred more than any man. It's almost too much to bear. 
we can't even begin to truly understand what Jesus Christ bore that day, the pain, the suffering, the humiliation. But the Bible tells us that there was a reason for Christ's death. There was a purpose for his suffering. And what was it? To show his love for us so that you and I could live eternally with him in a place called heaven. Jesus called it the Father's house. And for those who have trusted him and what he did on that cross, he says, I go to prepare a place for you in my Father's house. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's right. Jesus died so that you and I, sinners, might be made righteous. What a wonderful gift. What an expression of his love. Have you tasted that love? In fact, we are the ones who deserve death. And without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that is exactly what we would face and do face if you reject him and his offer of love. That's not what God wanted for his children. He wanted to give us a way to live eternally with him. So he made his only son, Hebrews 2, 7, lower than the angels and sent him to earth to live as a man and to die as a criminal for you and me, though he had no sin. He died there for hours. He wore our crown of thorns. What does this substitutionary death mean for us? When the Jesus that we know from the Bible made his way up Calvary's hill and was nailed to a cross and beaten and mocked and ridiculed and died in our place, what does it mean? Well, first of all, it means he took our sin. First Peter 2.24 says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin, should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. By dying on the cross, Jesus crossed out the wages of our sin. Now we can boldly approach the throne of grace and receive mercy and forgiveness for our sin over and over again. Secondly, he took our curse. Think of it. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. By dying on the cross, Jesus crossed out the curse placed on us for disobedience to God's law. Sin is a transgression of the law, and all have sinned and transgressed God's law. Before his substitutionary death, we would have been eternally separated from God because of our sins. But now, to believe on him, to receive him, means you can look forward to an eternity in heaven. He not only took our sin and our curse, he took our suffering. Jesus said after his resurrection, Luke 24, verse 26, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? By dying on the cross, Jesus took upon himself the suffering meant for you and me. He was a perfect man, God's son, the God-man, God in human flesh, and yet he was tortured like a common criminal. And the suffering that he suffered was our suffering, yours and mine. And then he took our shame. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, now listen, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. On that day, Jesus took our sin, our curse, our suffering, and our shame. He died for you and me, but that wasn't the end. Oh no, Jesus confronted all of these things, then declared victory 
when he rose again from the grave three days later. He rose for you and me. He died for our sins and was raised for our justification. What does it mean that Jesus died and then rose again? It means to the world that the perfect plan of salvation has been provided. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, I declare unto you the gospel that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Oh, it's God's perfect plan. He defeated sin and death and Satan and hell and rose again. He lives today. Job said, if a man die, will he live again? Jesus answered that. Yes, yes, to believe in Jesus who is the resurrection and life means that when you die, you will literally never die. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? John eleven twenty five and 26. It not only means that the perfect plan of salvation has been provided from a loving God, but it means that God is satisfied with the work of Jesus Christ. When he raised him from the dead, that was proof that his work was finished, completed, and God was satisfied. That's what the word propitiation implies. It means that Jesus died in our place and satisfied a holy God with his sacrifice, his shed blood for our sin. And God received and was satisfied with the work that his son did on the cross. And thus he rose again from the dead. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3.18, Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. And to to those of us who believe, it is the promise of everlasting life. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life, John 5, 24. Right now, it means that you have everlasting life. The moment you believe on this Jesus who took our sin, our curse, our suffering, and our shame, and died on the cross in our place, and rose again triumphantly. And it means a challenge to every one of us who are listening. Have you believed? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are your sins forgiven? Do you have eternal life? Romans 10.9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus as Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart man, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What should our response be to all this? Because Jesus took our sin, we should walk away from sin. Romans 6, 6 says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should live not unto sin, not serve sin, but unto him. The Bible says we are to walk in newness of life, not in sin. Because Jesus took our curse, we should bless him with our mouth and share with him the joy that he has given us by thanking him daily and then share with others the truth that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And then because Jesus took our suffering, we should be willing to suffer for him. The Bible says, unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, Philippians 1.29, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Because Jesus took our shame, we must give him all the glory and praise due his name. Revelation 4.10 says, 
in heaven, they say and will say and continue to say through all eternity, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. The only shame we have is our shame. We must never be ashamed of Jesus. Jesus said, if anyone is ashamed of me, I will be ashamed before him in my father's presence. I will be ashamed of him in my father's presence. My friend, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he has made it possible for us to spend our eternity in heaven. And it's wonderful to celebrate this wonderful gift, to taste the Lord's love and to enjoy it. That We should be living our lives in thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every day. The fact that he took our sin, our curse, our suffering, and our shame, and rose again triumphantly, and has come to live within our hearts the moment we receive him, means that we should live for him every day. We should look for him every day. That we should love him every day. Have you given him your life, your all? Have you surrendered everything to him? Leftovers are such humble things. We would not serve them to a guest, and yet we serve them to the Lord who deserves the very best. We give him leftover time, stray minutes here and there, leftover cash we give to him, a few dollars we can spare. We give our youth unto the world to evil, lust, and strife. And then in declining years, we give to him the remnant of a wasted life. Oh, don't do it. Give him all today. He alone is worthy, for he gave his all for you. God bless you, my friend. Thank you.
I trust that the message you just heard will be a real blessing to you. We are really concerned about the spiritual well-being of all the folks that listen to our broadcast. We trust that those who have been Christians for a long time will continue to grow in their faith. But we're also concerned about those who may not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the Bible is very clear about the qualifications that you need to become a believer in Christ. The qualification is faith. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You have to realize, first of all, that you're a sinner. And of course, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then you need to receive Christ as your personal Savior. You need to ask him to come into your life. But as many as receive him, unto them gave you the right to become the children of God. And so if you want to be God's children, if, if you want God to help you to change your life and be more like him, you need to repent of your sins, realize the need of a Savior, and then ask him to come into your life. Don't forget to write in this next week and order your copy of Palm Sunday to Easter. I know you enjoy this booklet very much. You can write to Mission Go, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R, 7A7 at Box 2010, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can go to our website, www.missiongo.org. That's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O.org. And you can listen to previous broadcasts of Canada's National Bible Hour on the Mission Go website. And I trust that the Lord will be with you this week and you will sense his presence and that you would have some wonderful opportunities to share the good news of the gospel. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you in a mighty way.